you got triggered. They did it with some noise. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Cape Town Podcast, listeners. What's up, what's up? It's Isaiah and Otis, and we got a great guest with us today. Yeah, this is our second series, in, or second episode in our art series. Yes, sir. The first one was... Thomas Hamilton. Thomas Hamilton. Yep. Now we got, no, in no relation, Matt Hamilton. Welcome to the K-Town Podcast, Matt. Thanks, man. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we can just start off. Um, this is about about your art, and maybe you can just like give us some backstory or origin on how you came to be and how your art came to be. I know you probably get that question a lot. Uh, I mean, I get it every once in a while, <laughs> uh, but it kind of started off just uh, being dyslexic as hell. <laughs> um, uh, growing up, uh, I had a grandma that was that was really into art. Um, she was kind of a underground hippie. Uh, born and raised here. I'm, I'm seventh generation catch can. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. I, and we've all lived out in kind of Ward Cove this whole time, and <laughs> and so it's like you know creating stuff out of nothing a lot of the times yeah, and being resourceful with what you have. Yeah, and just kind yeah. of being dealt with what you you got. But my uh, my grandmother was really supportive and and really awesome with uh, with the art. She wasn't. Um, she wasn't classically trained, or she taught herself all this stuff. And but uh, I got to the I got to school, and uh, and I was horrible at it. Uh, I don't think I ever I ever got an A in any class, and uh, even art I failed art in every. <laughs> the I, irony. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty hilarious. Right. But it was a uh, yeah, it was it was kind of weird, man. We uh, you know came from a bunch of ditch diggers and kind of hanging out uh, on fishing boats and logging with my family, and then I'm the only one that talks about my feelings and does hard work, <laughs> and, uh, but it's uh, it's, it's kind of funny just kind of how it all kind of fell, fell into place, where it was just like, I am so damn stubborn that my, uh, uh, and that runs in my family. I was just going to say, is that inherited? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's like, just, just really stubborn, and so... Uh, being dyslexic, it was really tough, man. Like, like growing up, because like uh, school is supposed to be a safe place for you, and, and I hated every second of it. Right. And, um, and you're good at sports, though. You were. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I I really enjoyed sports, man. It was really fun, and, but it, it also helped having Viking blood pumping through my veins. <laughs> like, like, and uh, and so like we, you know, my brothers, uh, we all, you know, kind of. We kind of found this weird balance where it was like uh, sports kind of brought us peace and, and kind of stopped us from being criminals uh, in the beginning. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think the only thing that might have been my my real saving grace is like I had this very violent um, uh, like sport that I participated in, which was wrestling mm-hmm. and and in uh, football. And but wrestling was where it was like this very brutal beautiful sport and then i had artwork that when everything was you know had to be calm i could zone out and and when you think about you know having you know you know a learning disability or whatever you end up getting these 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 moments of like just hating yourself and and when you're young is one of the uh the worst attributes you could have is hating yourself and not wanting to participate in things because you're afraid to be embarrassed and all that. Um, but I found some amazing teachers, and I think it was like sixth grade, 
that uh, that kind of like uh, snapped me out of it, and they uh, they gave me a diagnosis of like dyslexia. And uh, and it was like giving me permission not to be stupid anymore, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was really badass because they they encouraged me to be artist too, and so I had all these little angels kind of looking out like throughout my life, and I consider wrestling to be kind of one of those angels too, yeah. like and kind of pulling me uh, pulling me out of these situations. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's been a weird weird road to not be considered an artist. A few years ago, when I say a few years ago, it was. Uh, it was eight years ago when I did like my first art show, mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember after the first art show, everybody. Just um, like a little pop up, was it? No, it was. Uh, I had a I had a uh, rich um, I think Stag from Community Connections. Mm-hmm. He did he did like the big uh, old groaner um, metal piece. I think I know your talking. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he's an awesome artist. Yeah. And uh, he asked me to do a Valentine's Day show yeah. um, with him, and so. Uh, he asked me to do that, and it was a couple months before, and then um, I think it was, yeah, I think it was the last, it was the last day of January, and uh, and I see him in the store, and he goes, "How's everything going with the art?" And I was like, I was like, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm gonna get into it. I, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to feel it, and he goes. The show's tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and, and I was like, I was like, oh really? I was like, I mean, I'm just kind of finishing up my my stuff, but uh, and I hadn't done anything. And so he was like, he was. You can see it on his face. He's like, goddamn. <laughs> and uh, and I'm just like, oh, are you procrastinator? Uh, I'm horrible. Yeah. 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 Um, it goes hand in hand with being an artist, <laughs> yeah. and you don't feel good until there's a lot of pressure on you. But what happened was. Uh, it was like uh, that night I went home and I found out that it's called the Valentine's Day show, but it's not on Valentine's Day. It's a uh, it's a uh, February. It's like right in the beginning of like February. Yeah. And you end up at the end of the month or on on uh, Valentine's Day they actually give away I think the artwork the people that bought it. I see. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. it's like a, a date night. Yeah, um, yeah. And so so yeah I did I did eight pieces that night and. <laughs> uh, just went to town and I sold all eight pieces like that first day and I went for super cheap uh, because I felt like I was ripping everybody off if I was, you know, kind of doing it that That's got to make you feel pretty good, you know, your yeah. first show selling all all your pieces out. Yeah. So I had a dopamine, like, ooh, man, yeah. Yeah, I'm a good artist. It, yeah. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> I, it was 100% like I, it was the imposter syndrome. I was like, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. They're going to find out. They're going to be mad they paid 40 bucks for that thing. I duped them. Like, you don't understand. That was like my that was just one cup of coffee I designed that whole thing in. <laughs> I, I was like, man, I was like, I, I felt really, really weird about doing that art and then selling it. And it was funny because I had other artists that were kind of frustrated with me because they're like, you need to, you know, bump the numbers up on that. And I was like, I was like, no, like I literally did it last night. <laughs> and I just like, they're like, it doesn't matter, man. Like you gotta, you gotta put those numbers up. And I was like, I was like, well, how do you justify it? And they're like, well, how? How long have you been drawing? And I was like, I don't know, since I can, you know, pick up a pencil, probably. Yeah. And uh, and so they're just like, so you know, thirty years old. Like, so you've been doing this for thirty years. Like, you had you didn't do it in one night. Yeah. Right. You did it in thirty years. Yeah. And I was like, 
I was like, oh, I get, I get yeah. what you're saying. You've been practicing. I've been practicing. Yeah. I, get, I get it. I'm getting paid to be a carpenter with yeah. my one my one skill that is I'm going to be the best at it. But I was horrible in my head, and so like I didn't I didn't change the value of it or, or anything like that. But um, I remember being young and and not being able to afford art that mm-hmm. I really wanted, even being able to actually. Um, when you think about it, when you're younger, like a twenty dollar bill feels like a lot of money yeah. mm-hmm. uh, when you find it, yeah. right? Um, and when you spend it, it's just like it doesn't feel like it's that much money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I spent twenty bucks today, but like yeah. in your head, you're just like, oh, <laughs> man, I don't know if I can I can do that. And so that was kind of that was kind of a, a weird little getting to know the art world. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it was funny for like weeks after that, people that went to go see the show. I don't, I don't know what people think humans are, mm-hmm. uh, but they kept saying like, they're like, uh, I didn't know that you were, you were an artist. I thought you were just like a wrestling, like a wrestling coach and yeah. wrestler and all that. I was like, just a big meathead. I was like, you have artistic value. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I like other things <laughs> than destroying I'm, people. I'm, I'm allowed. Wrestling yeah. and forcing them to the ground. Hulk, Hulk smash <laughs> is not my full time. What would you say, I mean, I know most people probably know what your artwork, but what, like, style of artwork, for the listeners out there that don't know uh, who you are, uh, like, what's your style of, of art? So, it gets compared to, like, um, between graphic graphic art for, like, graphic novels, and uh, and it's called block print, in which was weird because I didn't know what that was until Reddit and a whole bunch of people accused me <laughs> of stealing somebody else's art, and I was like... They were, like, they were like, I really like your block prints. And I was like, what's a block print? And they're like, oh, so this you didn't do this artwork. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 I did, I did this artwork. Um, and it's just the style I, I draw in. I draw with really heavy lines. And then uh, I either I either draw with a real thin pen and then add heavier lines mm-hmm. on it. Or I actually, once I switched over to dig- digital art, um, which was a saving grace for me, it was like... Um, I actually go really heavy with my pen marks, and then I have the eraser, and I, and I just shave it all down. Oh. Um, it makes it a thousand times easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, and, you know, probably get to it, but, like, the digital art stuff, man, is, like, was, was a big game changer for me, and I thought I would, that was my whole imposter syndrome again, like, mm-hmm. creeping up on me. You know, I was, I was a few years into it, and... Um, my mom had a broken iPad that was laying around the house, and and it had to be like plugged in the whole time. <laughs> and I didn't want to use it, and and she was like, she's like, oh, you should you should play with this thing. And I was like, I was like, okay. And so like, I kind of started messing around with it, and I downloaded an app, and it's the same app I've had yeah. ever since yeah. I draw. On. Were you just drawing on paper before? Yeah. Or were you painting? Or? Yeah, I used uh, ballpoint big pen. Oh wow. Oh no. Nice. Uh, I didn't use art pen. Yeah. And whatever pencil I get my hands on, like, can you paint? Do you? A little yeah, bit? I can paint. Yeah. yeah, and that's all been everything's been self-taught, like for yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah. and more than anything, it, my my grandmother didn't really teach me skills on um, like techniques. Yeah, but she did teach me how to be comfortable with completely kind of like letting go. Um, and it made it, you know, I really think about it. It was a very uh, mindful. Everything was it was very mindful set uh, where it was like it was like you you create something with a purpose mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't know what that purpose is in the very beginning True. Like, and it's gonna form it's gonna formulate itself once you get into the middle of it and I think a lot of people feel this way too is like I mean I don't know if you guys do any art but um, if, if you if you draw 
there's a half hour or 15 minutes like grace period where you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it feels like you just know, like you're just like, I got, I got a feeling. It's just kind of going this, this direction. Yeah. And, and, um, that was kind of what my grandmother did for me. It was like, she, she set up a situation where it was like, she would, she would, uh, take a piece of, um, she'd always keep the cardboard off like the cardboard pizzas. Like <laughs> once I was brown, once I was white. Yeah. And so what she would do is like, uh, she would draw on one side and then, uh, she would crochet, um, this like, like a whole edge around the outside of it and hot glue it down. Yeah, yeah. So like little portholes and all <laughs> yeah, cool. people. It was very just like winter arts. Crafty. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Winter arts fair was in the back of a trailer park. <laughs> like, like, like it would be like a number one seller. But she liked doing a lot of cartoons of like Bambi and um, like Snow White. Yeah. Do you still stuff. have some of them? Um, I have one of I have one of her originals and it was a it's a ram and it hangs on my wall mm-hmm. in my in my office oh, there yeah. and um, and so that's kind of like one of my 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 favorite pieces and it's yeah. and it's funny because I look at it and I'm just like if I drew that I would hate it <laughs> I, I would just hate it because yeah. like I'm just like, I see all the things that like she probably yeah. had had issues with mm-hmm. because I I do that constantly and. And before the podcast started, we started talking about, like, you know, I'm building my house, right? Yeah. Right. I've never done that before. I don't, I'm not good with work, woodworking. I don't use tape measures. I use string. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'll take yeah. string out and be like, yeah, that looks like <laughs> yeah. And I don't use the numbers on the tape measure. I do have a tape measure. Years, yeah. I, like, yeah. click it and just, like, push it up against the wall. And I'm like, there we go. <laughs> and then I run outside and then I go, Mark. Like, and that's what it is. Like, everything's, like, eyeballed. But... Um, once you start building like your own house, like it's it was kind of one of those things where it was like the imposter syndrome kind of set in, yeah, yeah. and like it just repurposes itself somewhere else in your life, yeah. and uh, the anxieties that we have where we're just trying to like kick our own asses, mm-hmm. where I'm addicted to that part of it, mm-hmm. and I think that's why um, wrestling was a, a safe haven for me for that yeah. was just like it was an ego check every yeah. single week, yeah. and. Um, and then on top of that, the art was like brought me that kind of the inner peace, not to you know, Hulk smash. Every yeah, time. yeah, like a yin and yang. Yeah, yeah you, like you found the balance. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever met my brother John. Have I have, yeah. So, yeah. so, so and John, yeah, and so John um, is one of my heroes, man. I love that guy so much. He's a, uh, uh, but he had he had a lot of demons. Yeah. And that was one of his things was like his outlet was to destroy. Yeah. It was like like. You know, anything and everything, it was hard and fast. It was like we're yeah. gonna we're gonna go run through this wall as fast as we can. And uh and once sports didn't exist for him, uh drugs just kinda like took over in his life and he's yeah. just he's such an inspiration to to so many other people now and, and to me too, but like that was it. He he never had the opportunity to have that, that mm-hmm. little piece. Like yeah. I can sit here for the next six hours and just doodle and keep my mind straight. And I think he would just wind himself up into yeah. those points. And and I have those same tendencies. I have mm-hmm. those addictive personality things where I'm, like, always trying to, like, okay, keep that in check or I'm yeah. going to get out of control. Yeah. And I think being in this town, it's really yeah. easy to, to, to have that. Okay. Yeah, uh, island fever. Island yeah, fever. yeah. Well, even, even, even out of this town, too, I mean, you – when I was in school, you know, you, you find little little quirks or little things that you kind of get into, and you're just kind of like, man, I really gotta I gotta shake myself out of this. Yeah. And you know, finding that balance, like you said, I mean, that's 
Well, if you can, I, I felt like if I would have had somebody tell me the things that you're telling me right now at the age of 16, I think I would, I think I'd be a lot better off. Where you know I'm 24 now, and I just feel like I'd be, I'd be a lot better off. And so there, you know, finding that balance is, I think it's one of those things that's just really tough to, to figure it out in the time being. But you know, seeing you and hearing your stories, you know, it's all in hindsight, of course. But you know, yeah. it's once you get through it, you'll just you'll be like, wow. Yeah. You know, it, it just it makes sense. Yeah. When I graduated college and I came back, yeah, I almost had like this loss syndrome. I feel like like what's next? Like what yeah. am I doing? You know, and uh, yeah, right. seeing people like in their thirties, like you know, actually doing yeah. stuff and having careers and enjoying themselves, like oh, I can like I want to copy what they're doing and like you know, I can actually live here. This is not a crappy place to live. You know, mm-hmm. there's actually yeah. normal people that live here. You know, it's yeah. not this dreaded place that we're always avoiding. Right. And so yeah, it is trying to find a a purpose here and like some balance in your life other than like drinking or doing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, uh, you know, I've, I've created all these little escapes for me all over, all over my life. And it's just like, I think those supplement all the, the things mm-hmm. I probably would be doing if I didn't have, yeah. right. have good people around me and all that. I talk about it all the time. There's, um, I had, I had all those angels kind of looking out for me, all those scenarios that were, um, were set up. And, and I think it's it's a struggle for people nowadays to acknowledge the struggle um, and what brought them to that point and acknowledge the people that actually helped them, good or bad. Um, there's people that inspired me through pure um, hatred of, like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm, I'm make you regret that. Um, and those are those those are those things is like there's some people that on the other side of the fence that like they hear that person say that and they take their word because they see that they're 30 years old or they're older and they they bow down to that and they just go like well they must have their shit together they're you know, right they're this this age and, and um i remember when i was in my teens i was like i can't be much more different when i'm in my 20s and i really wasn't too much except more anxiety yeah like, that's oh, where yeah. you build your anxiety mm-hmm. you start building your anxiety a lot in those 20 those those yeah. 20s and then in in your 30s you start to let go of of some of that and that's only if you are acknowledging it and when yeah. you when you're not acknowledging it is the worst fucking yeah why do you why do you think that is in your 30s you just kind of cuz i had a lot of 30 year olds like you know what yeah. happens you realize you realize that nobody has this figured out yeah you realize that Imposter nobody <laughs> nobody's in control yeah. like and and you're along for the ride yeah. and there's a um i i want to say it was like i think it might have been helio uh, Helio Gracie was like said that like we'll never be able to, to tame the ocean, but we can learn to surf. Yeah, and, true. And and that was one of those things that like it really that spoke to me when I when I first heard that I was like I was like I'm never gonna be able to destroy this thing, but you can look badass riding it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like and and that's what life really is is like you kind of start looking at it from all these different perspectives of like like you know who's trying to tear me down. Yeah. And then you have to ask yourself why why are they trying to tear me down. It was like because it's a lot easier to make you feel like shit and be on the same level as them, and they might have a nice car. Mm-hmm. They might have just bought a brand new nice car, and and that might be the only thing they have over you. Yeah. Like, and that's the only thing. And if they take you down that little peg, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like it's like an even even score now. Yeah. It's just like it's like oh you know I'm starting starting a podcast and I'm feeling really good and I have all these these people around me and they're just like you know how many podcasts fail. Yeah. <laughs> 
But if you love love those things that you're doing, you can always have those those moments, those little wins that are gonna be worth it in the end. Yeah. And, and there's too many people out there that are that are looking for the the payday where it's like, you know, that's what I love about like the internet right now is like there's people out there doing shit that like it's not gonna catch on. Yeah. And they're gonna be ten years into it, and all of a sudden it's one day it's yeah. gonna catch on fire. Like podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and it's and it's crazy. I think yeah. I think it was like. Um, I think it was George Carlin said that if you're friends with a group of people long enough, you'll eventually become a band. <laughs> like, um, yeah. You'll eventually try to start a band, and yeah. I think that's the way podcasting is now. If yeah. you're friends with, if you're friends with people long enough, eventually you like, you're gonna start something yeah. that's gonna Absolutely. start a discussion. Yeah. When we started this, and I was like, oh, we might have one person listening, yeah. we might have zero, but it's yeah. like, oh, we get together and bullshit, and like, yeah. I don't care if no one listens. It's, yeah. it's a good out for us. Right. You know? Well, like, uh, I I think. I think I got onto this at, at an early age, but like uh, when MySpace, when, when, when <laughs> I remember MySpace. Well, so so when MySpace back. came out, I watched I watched some ugly, ugly situations like pan out, and like I was I was kind of a stalker in the beginning where you just kind of like you're looking at everybody and seeing what they can offer. Like you're just like you're like oh man, there's people just trying to hook up. And, yeah, and there's people that are just like are there just to show that they are the victim. Yeah. Like, and I learned that, you know, I was, I was in my 20s when I, when I saw that. That's that, the dynamic of social media. And, and, yeah. and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm, I'm now, this is my marketing platform. This is, this mm-hmm. is who I am. If you go back, if you go back to my, to my MySpace, <laughs> if you look me up on my MySpace, which still exists, <laughs> you'll, you'll look it up and you'll look at it and it's same over the years as I do now. The real question is, what was your song when you clicked on your MySpace? Do you remember? Um, oh, yeah, there's a lineup, wasn't there? You could have yeah. like five songs, maybe? Have a whole yeah. playlist. So, and, and your background so, filter or whatever? So the uh, the songs I had were uh, Matt Electrician. Yeah, yeah. And Bob Schneider. Yeah. And, uh, and Todd Schneider. <laughs> and uh, I didn't have any of the popular, like yeah. the, real, the real popular guys at that time, but the... Uh, that was where I found mm-hmm. that love of like like that music. That's how yeah. I found Matt. Yeah, and and was yeah. on MySpace, and that was and people won't realize it, but that was created for bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and to, really to be for seen. music. Yeah, yeah, and so it was just kind of a weird thing. And then transitioning over to Facebook, I remember. I remember my friend Amy Scholl going like, "You would do fantastic on Facebook." And I was like, "And it's funny because now I get like, it's like, have you done Snapchat? <laughs> have, you done, have you done this? Yeah, thing? yeah. I'm you're like, like, you got to do the next thing." And the thing is, is, like, I am, I still, I still don't try to jump onto those early. He's still not on Twitter though. Oh, that's right. Are you? Or are you incognito? Incognito. You are. Man. <laughs> yeah, I try staying off off of it, man. That that is Addicting. some of the ugliest yeah situations I've seen play out. Oh yeah. Early. On the contrary, there's some hilarious <laughs> things on there. Some good content produced. Usually have myself a nice laugh before I fall asleep. <laughs> well, you know, everybody talks about like the the whole algorithm and everybody is right. catering to you and make trying to make you feel a certain way. Um, and I posted a thing the other, the other day. It was a piece of artwork that I did, and it was a it was a lady that's looking at her phone, and there's chains actually like coming out of her eyes. And yeah, it's like, it's, like, like, oh, yeah it's, the, it's like locked into this this phone. And, and the first the first evolution of that was it was actually a guy holding holding that. And if you go back and look at the artwork itself, the hand I didn't change. And if you look yeah. at it, it's kind of still a manly hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, it was this it was this lady. And I think it was, 
I think it was such a violent kind of feel with the, the, the yeah. chains. Um, and, like, these tears are, like, streaking down her face. Yeah. Um, when it was the guy, it almost looked aggressive. Yeah. Right. And even though he was, like, oh, a straight see. face, and it was just, like, you see this, these very beautiful contours of this, yeah. this, this face now. Yeah. And it's just locked in. And my first original – my original idea was like I wanted like a chain around like the neck and then like an anchor that's hooked onto the back of the phone like yeah. hooked on bottom yeah yeah like right. and that was the original kind of play on it and and then eventually it just kind of developed into that and, and I was like that that hit me hard where I was like I was like okay I like this but um the social dilemma okay so there's this this um a documentary called Social Dilemma. Oh, on, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah and if you get a chance, if you get a chance to watch it, it's, okay. it just blows, blows me away. Like I've seen it on my um, feed. Like yeah. you, when you think about, imagine if you looked up uh, Catch Can on Wikipedia, right? Yeah. Like if you looked it up here, you would see all the great things about Catch Can mm-hmm. and, and our main resources and all that stuff, and maybe some of the negative stuff yeah. would show up on there. But let's say we go to Juno, mm-hmm. right? Wherever you are. It actually caters oh, really? to those oh, areas. The algorithm knows. Uh, it knows. And so it might talk a little bit of shit about Get Chicken. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, a little bit more that might be hidden from the regular view yeah. depending on where you're at. And, you know, and this this is kind of like they had all these, like, experts on there that were former workers of Facebook and Instagram yeah. and, and Pinterest and all that. But what happened was I've, I've always known these things. I've always known that they're catering to us. And, and I think one of, like, the kind of the scary parts was – I was I was watching when uh, Zuckerberg was was being interviewed by the uh, Congress. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Was it Congress? Yeah. 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 And uh, and the old man is, is like <laughs> was like this thing here. Yeah. <laughs> it listened to us. Yeah. And because I see it pop up on these commercials and it's stuff I was just talking about moments ago, <laughs> and you can see on Zuckerberg's face that he's not acknowledging it's listening. Yeah. He just goes like. We're, no, you you gave us that information, <laughs> and we're making educated, educated guesses. Yeah. But we're getting good at it. Yeah. Like, and yeah, that committee hearing was very cringy. In a yeah, lot. It, was. It, it was. It shows the disconnect between lawmakers. Huge. Right. And yeah. and that was it. Yeah. Was like I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like I was like Zuckerberg's so good at this. Like he's not good at speaking at all. Yeah. But what happened though was, I saw him show his cards by accident. Yeah. He was just like. He showed that the algorithm is so strong, it knows us so well that he can he can laugh in Congress's face and just go, ha, no, it's not listening. <laughs> it's, all your to you. it's not listening to you. It's all your, like yeah, it's it's yeah. understanding you. Yeah. And and like I said before, you know, with MySpace and seeing how everything was kind of built mm-hmm. around this social yeah. social aspect of it. If you know how it works, mm-hmm. what happens is reverse engineer it yeah. and build it. Yeah. Like, and you go, like, when, when I look at it, I go, okay, so so what do I want out of this? And so everything I look at, I'm like, I'm like okay, I'm not feeling good about myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how many bad fucking things have I seen come up on this, yeah. on my, my Instagram or my Facebook? And so what I do is, like, I fix my algorithm. I'll go in, and I'll start, you know, shutting stuff down. Yeah. Where I'm just, like, I'm checking out more videos of upbeat content, yeah. more learning learning things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Yeah, I noticed you po- post really cool videos. Yeah. Nothing, like, super political or negative or and that's, and changing that's, your mindset and your feed, yeah. And that's a lot of it, too, is, like, I'm trying to, trying to build it. And what happened, too, was... When the election the the yeah. election had happened, yeah. um, 
the algorithm went completely nuts because it had all of our attention. Yeah. yeah. And that's some of the things yeah. that talks about in the social dilemma, which you being in politics, you need yeah. to you need to one hundred percent watch that and own to, it. Okay. to yeah. understand sure. that that's going to be the rest of our lives. Oh yeah, we're, it's it's trying to own us at this point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. From campaigning to business to whatever, you know, you have to use social media. Yeah, you, you're you, doing you disservice if you're not. Yeah, you have you you have to, and and you'll realize that you can you can hijack everybody's attention. Yeah. And depending on what time of the day, what, right. what you're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as much as my art has been hard to come up with new ideas and all that stuff, but to hijack the system mm-hmm. and to get the most most attention and keep eyes on, on your stuff as long as possible. Yeah. Um, I don't ever hide from it. I talk about it all the time where it's just like they everybody wants your money. Mm-hmm. I was like, but they also want kindness in the world. Yeah. They want love in the world. Yeah. And if you can give them that before you ask for their three dollars, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna it's yeah. gonna work out better for everybody. Go farther, yeah. And we see that we see all the time in Ketchikan, you know, we go get donations all the time for our sports teams and, mm-hmm. and our debate teams yeah. and, and stuff like that. And and what happens is is we have this like little ecosystem of money that travels around. Yep. I'm going to point A to point B. Yep. Right. I need to go here and if I don't do this, I'm going to probably end up robbing you in the next few years, <laughs> hooked on some drug, and, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And if you have the right mindset when you're looking at these things, you know that you're bettering your community and all that. But I think of that as being online also. I try to, I try to, give, I try to give more than I receive. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I end up having more always come back yeah. and that was kind of how my my grandfather and my grandma uh, kind of like really instilled in me I spent a lot of time with my, my grandparents my mom and dad were very hard workers and they are very hard workers and they uh, uh, they did their best to raise me but a lot of my major life lessons were learned from my grandparents yeah. because it was taken as a gospel Yes, um, yeah. because they didn't sugarcoat things mm-hmm. and they were the, the product of fun like whether it be yeah. artwork or yeah. taking me out shooting or um, you know fishing or, or whatever it might be, so uh, I think those are the those little important things that if you start adding into your social media, um, people will stop having to look for you, and it yeah. will always be at the top of their feet. Yeah, like and you want that. You always yeah. want you always want people to feel good about what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, and so I try to post stuff that's Alaskan. I try to research stuff that like doesn't seem right and I have a rule that if I'm going to disagree with something and yeah. be pissed off about it I don't write it down I make a video of it, video of it yeah if I make a video mm-hmm. there is no question on my inflection on right. my, on, on anything yeah and that's a disconnect that we have right now and that's the reason why we had to create emojis because everybody was to getting pissed off at like emotion, you know yeah. we just need some, something that went along with it yeah. and there's been um, you know there's countless times when it's 1 a.m. and I'm looking looking down the barrel of this thing, just going like, "Do I want to wake up to this? Yeah. <laughs> Do I want to wake up to this?" And and so I take a breath and I go, "I'm not going to change this person's mind. There's yeah. no, no possible way." Yeah. You'll drive yourself yeah. absolutely but insane. I, yeah. But I will murder a motherfucker. <laughs> I will murder him with kindness. Right. I will do whatever I can yeah, to make yeah. sure they know that they're 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 loved. And when they do that, they're hurting somebody mm-hmm. every single time. But yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's 
but that's what I've drawn into my kind of social media. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I try to yeah. change. When I do political posts, I try not to rip other people down, and I try to stay positive for the most part. You but know, it's, dude, it's that's, hard. It's a hard world. Man. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, a very fine line to walk, yeah. you know, to do that. But I think you can. It just takes a certain like kind of mindset. Yeah, and you got to know, you know, you got to know your audience for one. But yeah. At the same time, too, is yeah. you can't, you know, I'm trying to use. I'm trying to use my things for good. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there that are using it for for bad, for, for bad right yeah. now. And I don't I don't know if you guys listen to any like crime podcasts or anything like that. I do love yeah. There's a there's a couple of them that I listen to, and so like I I really it sounds really bad, but I really enjoy cults. Yeah. Right? Like it's I, fascinating. I, that, fascinating. It's, I like it's watching a, them on on like those docu series oh, yeah, they have on Netflix. Yeah. Super interesting. And it's super interesting, and so what happens is it sounds really bad, but I look at that and I reverse engineer their cults, hmm. and I go like, okay, "What do you need for a cult? Okay, you need people that are displaced, don't have a home, don't have, right. don't have an identity. Mm-hmm. So if you can give them identity, make them feel good about themselves, point them in the right direction, you can get followers. You can get followers, and that's for the bad. Right. So how do we do that with the good in the world? How do we how do we fix that? And you see it all the time. In, in religious settings, you see it. Yeah. You see it all the time when somebody comes up with some wacky new religion, and all of a sudden you're just like, "So now we got to deal with this." <laughs> um, but I think uh, Patton Oswalt, uh, he, he had talked about in one of his, his stand-up specials where he's like, "Was like if you believed a monster, if you didn't do good things, and there was a monster that lived above you that would suck you up into this <laughs> hole." Like, I'm paraphrasing. I, I uh, saw him live at UA in oh, yeah? Anchorage. He's hilarious. And yeah, he's <laughs> awesome. And so it's insane because, like, it made 100% sense to me because he was like, he's like, if you believe that, nobody's going to stop you if, if you're just doing good. Mm-hmm. Just right. do good. Yeah. You believe your wacky bullshit, <laughs> but you can't be coming over to, like, yeah. Christmas and, and trying to pawn that off on, on me all the time. That's your thing. Right. Um, but those those ideas, and, and I see it played out right now in mm-hmm. social media, and and in politics and what's what's scary to me is you know we have these very powerful political parties right now yes i don't i don't, know, I don't want to talk about politics but no, I, I will for this Dress, brief 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 moment <laughs> but um one of the things that like I've, I've always thought was it's it's supposed to be a mirror held up to society yeah. these people that are representing us mm-hmm. um we need republicans and we need democrats right. and 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 then we need to the people in reality, those are the people that need to be in the middle. Yes. Because yeah. I can't 100% agree with one side. Yeah. Because if all. I don't, that means that I'm going to have to hurt hurt my friends yeah, on this side. Yeah. Right. And and you got to know for a fact that these these politicians behind closed doors they're laughing about this. Oh yeah. They're laughing about yeah. this, going like. How many more hours we got yeah. of this? <laughs> yeah. Like, they might be ticking down the clock, and they might be a-holes to each other, it yeah. seems like. And, oh, man. But in reality, um, I know how I am at yeah. my job, and I know how I need to get my job done. Yeah. And and it's just like, this is going to suck. I uh, hurt some people's feelings, but we're going to have to Right, yeah. Steamroll. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, we keep, you know, putting these people up on pedestals, yeah. and, and we do this thing where we're just like, we start idolizing them and, mm-hmm. and doing this stuff where I'm just like, this isn't going to, this is going to pan out very well for anybody <laughs> yeah. because 
that's how Jonestown started. That's yeah. how yeah. all these, uh, you know, uh, Heaven's Gate, like, mm-hmm. right. that's all these displaced people that were hurting, people yes. that didn't have a home. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, look for safety. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, welcome. I'm welcomed by this group. Yeah. And what you don't realize is you are, you're completely shutting yourself off from reality. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, that's when you starve to death. Yeah. And that's what I see in, in Ketchikan, which if you go back to my post when the election first kind of came out, yeah. like when when uh, Trump became president, it was it was one of those things. Everybody was tearing each other down. Everybody was, you know, calling each other's names. And I was, and I, I think I, I kind of quoted that as like, you know, I've, I've never seen somebody starve because they needed food. But I, I've seen people completely alienate themselves to the point where they just disappear. Yeah. Like they, they fade away, and yeah. years later we find out that they're not with us anymore. Yeah. And and it's that's a scary thing, mm-hmm. and how easy it can become. Uh, the, your name in somebody's mouth immediately can be a huge issue. Where mm-hmm. it's just like, and politics is a scary game, yeah, yeah. right? Because <laughs> like you get buried quick. Um, and at the same time, you like you want to do a service to your, your yeah. community, community mm-hmm. and and having uh, and having uh, me on on the side of like being an artist. Like I love I love making art that makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm trying to make everybody numb to yeah. some of this stuff. Yeah. And because if you, as soon as you get numb, all of a sudden you can kind of get clarity. Right. You're just like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Like, I want you to analyze yourself a little bit more when you look at my art and just kind of go, like, like is this what I want to be doing? Yeah. Like, um, because I know that there's good in, good in yeah. everybody, and they're trying their best. And I guarantee you, I I know that if I sat down with anybody that's running for president right now, like, everybody that's running for president, I could sit down and have the same conversation. A great conversation, yeah. And, Normal, and, and just yeah. be like, be like, dude, serious, what's your game plan? <laughs> like, like I know, I know you have this great scheme, but like, yeah. like if you really think that you're gonna get like our um, our like unemployment rate to like zero, yeah. that means it's gonna put millions of people out of work <laughs> because their job is to keep people like yeah. safe and off yeah. the streets and yeah. all that. We'll, we'll never be able to fix those things yeah. um, unless we have these like mindsets of just like some people are just going to have these struggles. Yeah. And and it's almost like triage where you're just like, I can help this person. I can get them back onto their feet. Yeah. There's some people that are just like, I don't know how, how much I can help mm-hmm. them if I have to spend more time on it. Maybe I get a team wrapped around them. And then, then there's the people that you make comfortable till they pass on. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part yeah. is like seeing those people where you're just like, you see it in this town all the time yeah. where you have those people that have alienated themselves, put themselves in a box, whether it be mental illness or mm-hmm. uh, substance abuse, uh, mixed with that um, and you just look at it and you're just like or even like social you know social issues like yeah. you're just like you're willing to die on that hill. you're willing to yeah. die on that hill and right. it's just like buddy yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta be careful of that yeah no um, I think making art though don't, don't you think that's kind of like a, a community service I mean I just look yeah. at when you export it out I mean people can see what Ketchikan looks like and the puns and the, yeah. the things that we do here I mean a lot of your artwork I think reflects that much like Rachel and yeah, and, um, yeah and people like that that you know you can export that and I think that's a huge community yeah. service in a way if that makes sense yeah. to get about Ketchikan well there's a there's a piece of art that came out during like I think it was like it was a propaganda poster and it, it, and it was during World War II uh-huh. and and it said uh 
uh, I want to say you you spoke or and it was a picture of a guy that was that was like reaching out his hand is coming out of the ocean Mm -hmm. and there's a battleship that's um, sinking and there's like smoke yeah right and I looked at that and I was like holy shit that's that's intense man yeah it was like you spoke and it was like it was like you weren't supposed to talk about where you were at what you were doing yeah yeah it was that whole play on that right and so I looked at that and I was just like you know when people when you have those uppity like artsy people yeah you're just like so this really makes me feel like I'm in a a blue period of my yeah, life yeah. <laughs> and, and all that that was a moment for me where I looked at it and, and I was like why do I feel this way and you know talking about like good advice you get from people mm-hmm. um, that was one of the best pieces of advice I, I, I got from from my, my buddy Dave Smith um, he uh, he we was, had him on the podcast actually he's, he's awesome. yeah we can have him on and it's one of those things too where he's like he's like where people trying to make you feel Right. If, if they're trying to make you feel bad, if they're trying to make you feel good, there's a reason behind it. So look into it. And so when I when I saw that poster, I was like, I, I didn't care about propaganda. I didn't care about World War Two or anything. When I saw that poster, I immediately got interested in the old propaganda posters. Like, I was like, yeah. what are they trying to make people feel? Yeah. Like, yeah. what are they what are they trying to get at? And and they're very successful at doing it. They're they're yeah. easy. And yeah. so if you look at it to. Um, it's usually right before something bad is about to happen on those posters or just moments after an impending doom. Mm-hmm. You want that pit in your stomach. And so when you look um, when you look at artwork, uh, you have to ask yourself, like, like, what are they asking of me? What, are they, mm-hmm. what do they want from me? And, uh, and that's what I, I really have enjoyed over the years is kind of seeing that um, that that twist on society, where I was like, I was like, oh, this person's trying to make me feel bad mm-hmm. in this in this poster, and so I look at art in that in that sense. I'm not really looking at the the colors and the, and the shapes. Yeah. I was like, I, I focus on me. That's and and that's it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, because art is for you, right? It's not for anybody else. And for the most part, when I try to tell kids, like that art is for you when you're creating it. And when you're, I'm trying to teach art to people, I'm just like, if somebody talks shit about it, it's because they don't know how to do it. Right. And they don't want to try or they're scared to try. And it was like, it might be bad, but that's the first step in getting good at something. you mm-hmm. got to be bad at it first. You need to get the first 400 podcasts out of the way. Right. And where you're like, yeah. it's just autopilot now, man. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. so t- touching on that, when when you're at that point where you're just kind of like, you know, like if somebody is talking shit to you, so yeah. why are they talking shit? You know, I'm kind of at that point in my life where I'm starting to be aware, more aware of like why why is this person trying to make me feel bad or why did this person do this to me in this specific way? It's the shower thoughts. When you sit in, yeah. in the shower and you're like, damn it, I should have said that. Yeah, and, <laughs> like, it, you know, and, it, and it gets to the point where... Why do I care? Yeah. Exactly, and at some point, it, 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 and, and for me, it, it's, it almost consumes me sometimes yeah. where I'm just like, you know, like what? It, it really bugs me that somebody said this to me while I was walking by. You know, that's yeah. just an example, but... You know, my question is, how do you get past that? How, how do you how do you get to the point where you're just like, I don't, I don't care if Otis is talking shit to me. Well, it's my uh, 
it's that mentality. It's the creative hustler mentality, and what it is is like you re- repurpose it. Right. You, you take it and you and you bundle it into a nice little package, and you go like, okay, how do I how do I take this and move it in my favor? Right. Like how do I go from point A to point B with this? Um, so I remember having having teachers and and I remember having people that would look at my stuff and just kind of go like, ooh, like, and I remember those those hurt yeah and and those hurt and then i started like analyzing and going like why does it hurt so bad and i was like that's a loss how many people said good things about my stuff there's so many more people that said good things about it um every every match i lost in in wrestling i can tell you what i lost by how i lost Mm -hmm. why i lost i don't remember a lot of of winning a state championship right i don't remember going going on on these streaks of like yeah 10 second match 10 second match 5 second match like <laughs> like it was like those were those were numbers i remember them but like i don't remember the feeling i don't remember yeah. like the the anxiety i had like the feeling of like i'm about to lose this like what have i gotten myself into i'm in over my head um uh and i think it was i think it was like mike tyson was talking about how he would uh, he'd punch people when he was first like coming out man like he would knock people just into another universe right and one of the things he said was like uh, it was the first time he lost and he uh, he would just hit people and they disappear from his life mm-hmm. he was like he'd hit him as hard as he could and it was like boom there's my money I'm going home good night right and he hit this guy um and all of a sudden, the guy looked back at him, and and he he started thinking about I should have gotten up earlier. Mm-hmm. And he got hit, and he goes, he goes, he goes fuck man, I should have I should have been eating better, mm-hmm. right? And he said, and over over the next next couple minutes mm-hmm. of him losing this fight, he immediately went from like I'm the king of the world to just like. I didn't do this 10 years ago. Yeah. I didn't do this five years ago. I, what, what, yeah. what was I doing this morning? What the hell could I have, right. have done? And so you don't, you know, you don't, you have a game plan until you get punched in the face. And then all of a sudden it's just like, it's like okay, we got to try something else. Right. Uh, change course. And like, you just have to use what, um, what you have at the time. Um, and, you know, I'm not a tiny guy at all. And being a fat kid mm-hmm. uh, right out of the gates, that isn't great for social status. Because uh, you're easy, low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah. Um, Too fat, yeah. And yeah. so what happened was I was sitting at home, and uh, I was getting ready to go to Juno for uh, this thing called Saga. It was called Southeast Alaska Guidance Association. Mm-hmm. And what it was was a whole bunch of punk kids would go up, we'd work on trails. We we built Lunch Creek. Like, oh, trail, yeah. Like, oh, that was you guys. And so it was oh, like... Okay. You either had to have a felony, you had to have a learning <laughs> disability, you had to have yeah. like all this stuff. Crappy kids. And it was yeah. like all these kids. And the thing yeah. is, we were away from our parents for three months with with a a AmeriCorps worker <laughs> that I'm pretty sure was on parole. Like, it was <laughs> it was weird, yeah. man. Um, and so I remember getting ready for this trip, and I found out that we were going to be there a little longer than I thought we were going to be, and and I was like. I can't pretend that long. I can't pretend like these things aren't going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to blow up on somebody yeah. if they do something. And I didn't know it was going to be a bunch of punk kids, too. And so I was just like, I was like okay, I was thinking it was going to be kind of kids that, that were kind of like me. And I was like, I was like, okay. 
so I, I started tearing myself down, but I started writing it down. I was just like, mm-hmm. I was like, that's not fucking creative. I was like, this guy, I got to do something better, yeah. right? So I, I came up with every joke in the book to tear myself down, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and I built a tolerance. I became like almost like calloused. All right. I, was, I was like calloused because what happened was I remember this kid. His name's Josh Hawk, like from Cake. And uh, we're friends. We're friends now. And after that summer, we became friends. But I just remember he was like a smart mouth, and uh, and he uh, he starts talking shit to me, and <laughs> I immediately I'm just like I'm like like oh man that was clever. I was like I was like that was really good. I was like why would have we went this direction with it? <laughs> and so and so he's standing in front of his friends that are just kind of like he's trying to like do it. I was like I would have I would have done this, and then I would have went back on that. And all the kids did like that whole thing where they go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and it was funny because that like meme, yeah, I became yeah. funnier in that <laughs> moment yeah, versus funny versus him, and <laughs> and he was just you could see it took the wind out of sails, and it was yeah. just like, and I didn't have to tear him down, I didn't have to do anything. I was just like I had to eviscerate myself in that moment mm. to have to have yeah. friends, right? And it was and it was funny because then I did it again. And one of the guys that was kind of like kind of the leader of the group, mm-hmm. like which I thought Josh was kind of the other group, he was like, he's like, don't do that shit no more. And I was like, why? And he was just like, he's all, he's all, we all fucking hate each other. <laughs> like, and I was like, he's all, yeah. And he's like, he's like, no, like we hate ourselves. And he's like, he's all, he's all, you're really good at hating yourself. And I was like, I was like yeah, you turn around and yeah, and, and, and it was funny because like. It was like I would try to do that, and you would see the other guys like stop. He's like, don't, don't say that, man. Like, yeah. like that's too, that's too bad, man. It's crazy. <laughs> but there's a uh, yeah, I think, and that's repurposing it. Yeah, like, taking it and just going like, you know, um, and never like, well, trying not to be behind the eight ball. Like, know that like somebody's gonna talk some shit to you, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna make you feel bad. But if you ask yourself why. And not make it about you, right. but make it about them. You, you gotta, you gotta take a little bit of that grain, grain of salt, and just gonna go like, okay, that one hurt. That, that one sucked. And I was like, well, why did they say that? Did they see that? Like, it made me flinch, made me feel bad about myself, or just something they hate about themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, I teach like behavioral um, understanding of like anger and frustration with kids and stuff like community connections mm-hmm. and. Uh, and one of the things that I I try to teach people too is like um, look for why people are hurting. If you can name somebody's pain, they can overcome anything. And like I said before, with my dyslexia and stuff, I had teachers. I was dumb up until the point they go like, "Oh no, there's the medical terminology for that. It's mm-hmm. called dyslexia." And now I couldn't fall back on I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. And now it was like, "Nah, I had to research. I got to figure this out." So taking it and repurposing it and building it into something else, I had this like superpower where, where I was just like, oh, I see the world differently than the rest of you guys, and I have permission to look at it differently now. Right. Everybody else, you have to follow the rules. Yeah. Like I'm over here, just like, oh, shit, man, this is not gonna work out well for you. <laughs> like, and and you know, and I, it's kind of weird because everything you're saying, I kind of feel like I can relate to. That's why I'm not really talking. I'm just kind of listening because you know. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of times in in anybody's life where you're kind of just like, man, like you said, like that shit hurt. Yeah. 
But I think that the first step to, and you know, I don't know everything. I haven't been through it all yet, but I've definitely been through some shit. And the what I what I started doing for myself was just asking why. Yeah. Like, okay, well, why did it hurt? Or you know, why did they say that? Or why did I say that? Or why did you know? And there's so many different levels to it, but I think that the first the first rule should be always why. Yeah. You know, becoming more aware of your surroundings, your you know, your thoughts, your feelings, everything. I think that that's huge, and I think that. That, you know, people who go down the traditional path, you know, you know, you, you go to college, you go do this, you work your job, you pay your bills, do everything. You know, they, on some level, have it figured out. Mm-hmm. But then you just, you, you, you come to realize, you know, when you go down the untraditional path, you know, when you fuck up so many times, or you, you know, you get into some bad shit and you still overcome it. Yeah. I think that those are the people that have, the one, the best stories, but two, they're just... You know, bet, I think they're better off in life, and like you said, see the world differently. Yeah, I think the more failures you see, right? Like, like you realize how far you can come back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's. I remember, I remember I was talking to my my buddy at work, and he was like, "Dude, I'm gonna be in so much trouble when I get home. My wife is gonna be pissed at me." <laughs> and I started thinking about, I was like, "I haven't been in trouble in a long time," <laughs> and he was like. He was like, oh, you're lucky. I go, no, no, no. Like, I haven't been in trouble. I haven't had that anxiety of I'm hiding. Mm-hmm. I'm not hiding anything. Like, right. so I'm not in trouble. Yeah. I'm just going to have a discussion with somebody. Yeah. Like, do you feel like you're about to be in trouble? He goes, like, what do you mean? I was like, I was like do you feel like you're about to get beat down, like, from mm-hmm. from your wife? Yeah. And he's like, he's, all, he's like, no, no, I'm not gonna, I mean, like, we're going to have a long discussion, and I know it's just going to take forever. <laughs> and I go... I go, okay, so what is it that she needs? Mm-hmm. Like, and so we worked out this game plan where I was like, I was like, I was like, she's mad at you. So acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Like, and don't hide, don't hide from it. Yeah. And he was just like, he was like, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. And I was just like, I was like, you're right. I don't understand. Yeah. I was like, how many times have you tried different stuff? And he goes, well, I know she eventually gets over it. And I go, what if one time she understands why you, mm-hmm. you did something like that? Yeah. And she adjusts something, so you never get into that. Yeah. And he was like, I'll try it. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, it was just those little moments. And, like, like, I think there's so much being being young and, and screwing up that you think that it's forever. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the scariest things for me is, like, feeling like that forever moment. Right. Like, uh, I remember uh, I had a friend that we were getting in her car, and she went to – to turn out of the pool hall, which was down downtown here, which mm-hmm. was like I wish it was still around. You guys would have loved it. Like, it was such a <laughs> just cool, pool. Yeah, it was just pool. Oh, that's cool. Was uh, that at the totem? No, no, no. It was, you know, the um, where his and Harris is. Oh yeah. That whole area up there was was pool tables, professional pool tables. Wow. All age, all ages, but it was like it was like supervised, like it was like teenage, like teenagers. Yeah. You weren't allowed. You weren't allowed to be a dipshit. You yeah. weren't like. And it was just for pool, nice. and and Les uh, Les from uh, Les Schwab would uh, he, he was running that place, but I remember we pulled out of the parking lot one time, and my friend she uh, she hit this car in the corner of this car, and uh, and she was like, my fucking life's over, uh, and she started crying, and I was just like, I was like, I was like, okay, okay, and she had a really nice car, uh, compared to mine, I had a 
a minivan. So it was just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I was like, oh, man. I was like, I feel so bad. And I felt that loss with her for that moment. And, and Les comes out and he goes, what's going on? And she's like, I just hit this car. And he goes, he goes, well, go inside. Find out whose car you hit. Um, don't leave a note because you're going to be wondering about it all night. Yeah. Like, just go in uh, and, and just say, hey, I need your car. Write all your information out first mm-hmm. before you do that. So she wrote out all of her information, all that. So she was in the driver's seat in that situation because when she found the person, she goes, I'm so sorry. I hit your car. This is all my information. So we had to wait for that person to give all their information. Yeah. And they were actually really cool about it. And they were just like, they're like, they're like it's no big deal. It's just a, you know, a car. Like, it's, it's a car. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Like that. And, and, uh, you could see her still have that anxiety, and and Les is like, now what? Yeah. She's like, she's like, I gotta tell my parents now. She's like, she's like, like I don't know how to do that right now. Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes, what time are you coming going home tonight? He's like, well, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be back before midnight. And he goes, he goes, okay, go home at eleven o'clock. And he's like, but until eleven o'clock, this didn't happen. And and, and <laughs> huh, I was just like, and I was just like, oh man, he's like, well, you might if, if you get grounded over this, mm-hmm. your parents are assholes. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody's gonna make mistakes. Like it would have been different if you're doing 100 miles an hour and he's yeah. like, well, you want to be treated the way your parents mm-hmm. are gonna be treated in this situation, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. I was like, well, Dude, man, less man. He's got these like little little things, and I just remember having that moment where it was like, when I screw up, it was just like, I want to be in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. I screwed up. I want to be in the driver's seat. Yeah. Like, and and what happened was I was complacent. I did something stupid, mm-hmm. and that's what got me into this in the first place. So now it's time for me to take control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and after that, it was like game on. Where it was, right. like, it was like, okay, I don't want to be caught off guard on this. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why I didn't feel like I was in trouble anymore. Mm-hmm. It was just I wasn't reacting yeah. to everybody else. It was being proactive and trying to feed, you know, uh, feed the feed the good wolf in that situation. Right. Like trying to be positive and go like that fucking sucks. <laughs> kind of like taking it by the bull or taking it by the horn and yeah. just yeah riding it and, it, and it overcoming challenge. Yeah. And that was as simple as like like I said was like like. You need to put it in their court. Like, if they're going to be mad and all that stuff, they're going to have to be mad while they're writing the paper, mm. writing all their information down. <laughs> so you need to be calm. Go sit in your car. Yeah. Write it all down and be very clear and precise. And then you're going to be polite and nice when you when you go talk to them. Um, and I was just like, like I wonder how this is going to work out. As soon as, as soon as it went, I was like, I was like, oh damn, this is great. And I was like, I love, I love this, and I was excited about the car. But I was like, this is fantastic. Those little lessons, man. Like, yeah. And that all kind of wraps up into like you know, not feeling like shit about right. somebody else saying something. And and I was talking about like the community connections, understanding behavior, mm-hmm. right? Like and understanding people, like why they're in crisis. And as soon as you name their pain, a lot of times you can overcome. Right. Come your pain. But more than anything, if you can make somebody else say their pain, may have them have the realization, then you empower them to fix it. Like it's that whole right. teach a man a fish, you know, right. yeah. give a man a fish kind mm-hmm. of situation. Yeah. If you teach a person how to heal, like, you know, over a situation, then what happens is that empowers them to hopefully heal themselves a little bit more mm-hmm. every time they do get in their situation so they don't feel like they're in trouble 
all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some of the little things that I try to teach people, like when they're working with kids, is like, they're like, yeah, they just blew up out of nowhere. And I was like, they didn't. There was something. There was an onsetting. There was a, a a setting event that happened mm-hmm. that that you might not have seen. Yeah. And uh, and it's your job to find out now. Mm-hmm. You got to be Doctor House. You got to right. find the the, yeah. the hidden hidden numbers there. And I said one of the best ways to train yourself is uh, go watch your favorite movie. Like go go home and watch your favorite movie, and then ask yourself why all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like. Why did they introduce this character? Oh, because this is going to have... So you already know the end of the story because mm-hmm. you've watched the movie a million times. Yeah. But then you're going to ask yourself when you watch The Goonies, it was like, well, what was the symbolism behind behind mm-hmm. this or that? And like, like you have these moments where you kind of look at it and from a whole different light when you start asking yourself why instead of just going along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Once you're not going along for the ride, all of a sudden you start seeing trees and, mm-hmm. and streams and shit that you just wouldn't ever see on that ride. Um, and so... For like community connections, trying to help people understand that and see that, you know, I do the same thing with my art, mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm trying to get you to slow down and just take that little little bit of reality and just integrate it into your life mm-hmm. and try to make you feel better about it. And, uh, and I've had so many interesting, fun people in my life that have kind of like come through that have just, you know, changed my life for the better. But it was setting events that. I had those angels that were looking out for me. Mm-hmm. Those situations where people had those moments where they talked and were like, "They're like, go home and enjoy yourself. Pretend like it didn't happen." Yeah. Like at eleven o'clock, it exists. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay, I got it." Yeah. You're gonna be in trouble no matter what. Right. Like, but yeah, I think it's just one of those things. That like, because she's like, I think one of my favorite things was like, Les was like, if you call and say you're in a car accident right now, your night's over. <laughs> like, like, yeah. and. and <laughs> And he's like, because they're going to assume the yeah, worst, yeah. and you're going to be downplaying it, but when you're face-to-face with the person and you say it, it's going to be a lot better. And so, yeah, yeah. When, when did you realize you think your artwork, like, started to gain traction? Like, what, like, was it, like, seeing people walking around with a shirt on, or, I, I mean, I know, you're not, I, I know you're the type of guy not to get off on that kind of stuff, but, because um, you're pretty humble, but, like, when did you, I mean, you had to know. I think everybody's a fucking you know. liar, for one. <laughs> everybody's, you gotta, off on something. you gotta, you yeah. gotta feed your ego, man, like, yeah. and, and. And is that, is that selfish to do, though? No, because what happens is, if you, if you control it, you put it on a healthy diet, um, and you expose yourself to situations that are gonna make people say, like was that about right. like yeah. that's what you need you need to have that little ego check all the time mm-hmm. um, but if you're not in charge of your ego it's going to get out of control yeah. you're like I got to enjoy it now and and like when somebody asks me about it I got to be like yeah it's okay it's it, it's cool but I'm yeah. very excited when somebody else like what, what was his name uh, uh, the kid on the Outer Banks that, oh Rudy yeah Rudy yeah so Rudy's wearing my shirt in one of the oh, really? Instagram stories <laughs> And I started laughing, and I was like, I was like, honey, look at that. I was like, oh, shit, like, oh, that's so cool. And then I was like, and so I get, like, you know, like those little moments where I'm just like, oh, this is, this is fun. Yeah. And then I see, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Portugal the Man. Oh, they were. Like, yeah, they start, they start like, following me on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> and so, and I'm just like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Boosting you. you and, 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 that, and that was it. I was like, I get to enjoy it for this moment, and then I can't, I can't can't push it anymore but like yeah. that's like getting this that you have yeah i think my my ultimate my ultimate moment when i knew that like i was doing something that i really loved and i thought it was ridiculous it was like you know i i'd make fun of like hoity-toity people of like it was like i don't know if i got money man you <laughs> yeah know, you got you know 
my grandpa would say stuff like, you know, give your kid enough money to do something, but yeah. don't give him enough money to do nothing. Nothing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> those kind of little sayings. And uh, I just, those, I would make fun of those people and, and realizing I, I wanted it. That's yeah. why I needed it. Yeah. Like, I needed to make fun of it. I needed to tear it down. So I felt better about myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think my one of my top moments was I was pulling into A&P. And uh, actually, I was, I, was, I was trying to pull out of A&P. And, you know, where you have that direct line where you just drive through. And come oh, yeah. Out, uh, kind of come on the other side. Yeah. Like, yeah. I start to do that. And a lady, like, backs up. <laughs> like... And and I'm just like, oh shit! And like she doesn't realize that I'm actually kind of co- going through these, yeah. you know, these two parking spaces. Yeah. And uh, about that time, my wife texts me and goes, "Hey, will you go pick this up too?" And I was like, "I don't want to get out, right?" And so this lady is like staring at me, like, "Are you moving? Like, yeah. what are you doing?" Like, yeah. and I'm just like, so I put it in park. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm "Not gonna walk out this place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, suck, right?" Yeah. And uh, so I'm just like, I'm just gonna wait for her to get out. So she goes in first, and then like. She walks by and she flips me off, and she's wearing one of my shirts. <laughs> right? Oh god! She didn't know. It was yeah, they had no idea. And I started laughing. I was like, I was like, oh my god! I love this so much. And it was just one of those things that was like, it was a, it was a reality check for me. But at the same time, it was just, like, oh, I, get, I get geeked out about it. And and I think, uh, yeah. you know, when we think about like. I don't know how Ray feels about his his artwork, but it it truly is. It's like my um, it's my Zen my yeah. little Zen moment. Yeah. Um, and I I get in and I get out. Like and I don't spend I try not to spend too much time on it because yeah. I'll tear it apart. Yeah. Just like you know when I talk about like my ego and yeah. all that stuff. If I spend too much time on it, it'll just consume me. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media, all right. those things. You spend yeah. too much time focusing on it, it's just gonna eventually you'll you'll eviscerate it, you'll destroy yeah. it. I think you might be also in a position to, like, the way I look at it in politics is, like, bring people up that you know will do yeah. good or bring up artists yeah. that, you know, younger people, like, yeah. you know, Bug or whoever, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that have talent and, like, yeah. you know, if they go to you for help or whatever. Well, that's, you know, that's... You have a position of authority in a way. Yeah. I mean, like, and so what, what it kind of started off as is, like, um, I... I was, I was funny, I was just looking at it today, I was moving all my stuff into my new, my new office, and so I'm mm-hmm. looking around, and I, and I see this business card, and it was a guy that was selling art in Seattle at, at uh, the, the market down there, yeah. like, and Pike's Place, uh-huh. and I saw his artwork, and I was like, this is amazing, and I came back home, and, and I was like, I was like, dude, man, that guy's living the dream, he's like, selling his artwork, yeah. It's in these plastic sleeves with cardboard backs, and it looks perfect. And uh, and I go to, I got two of them, and I got one for my friend, and I gave it to him. And he was like, he was like, dude, this is nice, I like it. And I was like, oh, thanks. I was like, yeah, I was thinking of you when I bought it. And he goes, I bought this. I was like, I was all yeah. He's like, I thought you did it. <laughs> and, and I was like, like, oh, and that was my. My jump off point where I was like, I can do this. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I can do this now. Like, and it was like getting permission. Yeah. Where it was just like, I thought this guy had it all. Like, just like sitting in Pike's Place Market, yeah. slinging artwork. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, this guy is, yeah. he's like so much better off. Like, than I am. Like, I want to be this artist. And then my friend just hits me with this, like, upside the head, just okay. like, oh, you can do better. I, I just thought, I thought you did this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> 
but it was a, that jumping off point where I was like, oh man, I can I can do something with this. And uh, talking about like you know growing into your your yourself, like when I was in my, my teens, I didn't think I was gonna be much different in my twenties, and that anxiety sets in. Mm-hmm. And I think that anxiety is what pushes you to start feeling those like I need to have a good job, I need to have a good car, I need to find my wife, I need to find my husband, I need to you know have all these like these these things lined up for me that make me a man or make me a husband or, right. or whatever and in reality nobody knows what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. nobody like you know and if somebody tells you they aren't they're mentally ill <laughs> like, like they're mentally ill because everybody I know that has it figured out mm-hmm. eventually breaks yeah everybody that I see that is like I got my shit together you know and you hide if you hide from something, it's going to eventually come knocking at your door one day. It's going to punch you in the mouth <laughs> on your doorstep. And you see it all the time with you see it with with uh, people that are trying to put on a persona of, like, it was like I'm flawless. Right. Like, mm-hmm. people are waiting. People are waiting. They can set their clocks. It's like, he's got a year. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a year holding this stuff up. And, yeah. and it was like, and it was fine because I remember not having the anxiety like going on that trip up to Juno with that saga group yeah. where it was just like I can't hold this together for a month I I don't know if I can do this I'm going to snap I'm like, how do I fix that and so if you're not analyzing yourself in that way and trying to grow as a person I think that's I think that's one of the the, the most disturbing things about what we're, we're kind of going through as a society yeah. is like we're not allowed to be anything else right now yeah. we're forcing ourselves into these boxes of like it was like, well, I voted for this person because it's the, it's that I have half of their beliefs yeah. in mind, mm-hmm. and in reality, they have two of those beliefs in mind, and they're really hoping that that like that can get them by. And it's uh, and it's always a hard thing for me when I when I see people put themselves into boxes. And I was like, you can be beautiful, <laughs> you can be a wonderful person, <laughs> just let that shit go. <laughs> and I see politicians all the time, man, that like that like when they they let go of of their 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 bullshit sometimes right. like, they become beautiful people like in those in those moments and then I see people that take themselves way too serious <laughs> that are just like I there's some people I see that uh, I'm pretty sure they wake up and they look in the mirror and they say well, what would a man do today yeah like, oh yeah definitely like, what would a real man do today yeah. and like and so what happens is they strap on those work boots because they saw their dad do it. Yeah. They uh, they can't wait till five o'clock so they can crack yeah. that beer mm-hmm. on, on on their front porch and yeah. wave at people as they drive by. <laughs> and you know that's not a bad life if that's what you want. Yeah. But if uh, when your body breaks down and you can't do that job no more, yeah. You, what do you got? What do you got? got? Yeah. You got that beer still. <laughs> you got that porch still. Yeah. He's going to be a drunk guy on a porch. <laughs> like, I like that. And you see it all the time where, yeah. you know. You see, you see that a lot here, too. Yeah. I, I personally think 100%, so. 100%. Like, yeah. I, that was the hard part of transitioning from being a wrestler. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Being, you being a very physical pers- yeah. person to, like, I'm, you know, I blew out my knee in wrestling in college and stuff. And it was just like, oh, this isn't going to be. This isn't my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to do this my whole life. Yeah. And then realizing that, and then kind of like backtracking and like, okay, how do I repurpose all this? Like, how do I build it into something that's going to be useful? Yeah. But it's 
like I said before, like when you're doing your artwork, when you first start off, the first 15 minutes, you have no right. idea what the hell you're doing, what direction it's going to go, then all of a sudden it kind of reveals itself. Kind of like life. Yeah, and that's 100%. A lot of, a lot of times people are like, like, it's just not going to fall on your lap. I'm like, but if you have motivation, the stuff will, will line up. Mm-hmm. And there's a, uh, I think it was like, I think it was like the, I think it was talking about luck, and it was like preparation meets timing. That's what luck is. True. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. So when preparation meets timing, you you create a scenario where you catch the ball, mm-hmm. or you make you make that investment that gets you millions of dollars, or whatever. You get that that gut feeling isn't isn't a gut feeling because. Um, the universe told you to have that. It was because there's stuff that that makes you recognize there's a pattern there. There's a pattern there that you believe you have confidence and you feel good about it. And I just had to take that plunge and go for it. Mm-hmm. And so, whatever your artwork or you know, uh, starting a family, right. whatever, all those things need to all kind of come together and have that moment. And uh, it always freaks me out in this town where I see people that like they decide what they're going to be at 18. Yeah. And, and I'm definitely. Like, I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, dude, I don't know if you're, you're limiting us, yourself. Like, like, you, got you could be beautiful. You could be beautiful. Like, and that's not in like a physical sense. It's just like yeah. as, a, right. as a human, just like, like I, I remember there was a, a this one, uh, one girl I grew up with who, one of the funniest, funniest girls I ever met in my life, and I just thought that she was gonna be like. She would have to go to like Hollywood or something because mm-hmm. like she was just uncontrollably funny when I would, yeah. I would like talk to her, and and I just remember how people would react to her like they were like in awe of like how funny she was, and then it was like she like caved into the idea of just like I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna get my my degree in in this, and I'm like I'm like oh that's cool, like what hobbies are you doing right now? And they're like no, I'm just going to school. And I was like. Yeah, but like, are you trying to like do some like nightclubs or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Are you trying to do that? And she was like, No, no, I think I'm just kind of past that stuff right now. And I'm just like, Dude, that is one of the coolest things about you is like your ability to turn turn a phrase into something like ridiculous and yeah. kind of riff off of things. Yeah. Um, and to put that to bed is such a weird thing to me. Where it's like, now I'm an adult. Right. I have to do something different. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh shit, she put on the mask. And she like, <laughs> And yeah. and being being immature and, and having those little moments mm-hmm. where you're just like, you know, being a silly goose. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because you know you, those the, the little things that you do when you're younger. I mean, who's to say like like she could she could come back and be a comedian or you know yeah. go to go to Hollywood? And I, I've I've always felt that you know growing up I, I mean. Got in, I got in trouble a lot in school. Yeah. Always like, oh, don't do this, don't do that. And then you know, you go to college, you you do whatever you're gonna do, you get in the working world. Mm-hmm. And like for example, the, this job, one of the jobs that I'm working, I, I come in there, you know, kind of a younger guy. And you know, everyone shows up to work, and they're like, you know, I gotta be here because I gotta pay my bills, I gotta pay for my family, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of just like, okay, maybe I should have a different outlook than these guys. Yeah. You know, maybe I should come in here and just show up and even if I'm not having a good day, just, you know, fake it like I am having a good day, you know, yeah. crack jokes or, you know, mess around. And it, what you what I've started to realize is you really start to bring up the people around you. Mm-hmm. And 
it's it's this it's as simple as I was still I'm doing the same shit I'm doing at work that I was doing in school. Yep. You know, if there's a substitute teacher, I'm fucking around like, oh, my name's Austin, his name's Isaiah. You know, just kind of you know little stupid yeah. things like that that you know that used to get me in trouble. I'm starting to realize you know as I get older, that's what made me me. Yeah, you know that that's that's me, and uh, you know people people do appreciate people who are genuine and yeah. you know just a hundred percent themselves, and that. I feel like in this last year, that's something that I've really tried to grow upon is just trying to be who I am and not really care about what people think per se or, you know, just do, you know, and that's why I asked you, I'm like, you know, you got to have those little ego boosts for yourself. And I'm like, well, is that, do you find that selfish? And in my opinion, I think you do have to have those ego boosts. You got to, you got to be your biggest fan. You got to be your own biggest fan. And, you know, it's, it's those little things where, you know, I used to get in trouble for this shit, and now I'm realizing I need this to survive. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it's crazy how in full circle it just comes back around. So there's a, um, there's a character I play when I have to go out in public and talk about uh, art and, and stuff. And, like, right now I'm kind of, like, in between. Like, I'm, I'm myself as much as I can be mm-hmm. in this podcast. Mm-hmm. But in, in reality, like... You know, all, all my friends know all these things about me. Right. So I don't have to say them. I don't have right. to like, You're just talk, you. talk about it. I'm yeah. just me. And so we can sit in silence for an hour or something and like, just like look, watch a TV show. <laughs> and then all of a sudden just talk, start talking. Yeah. But there's um, there's this like, um, there's this moment where we, we got to kind of look and go like, what character are we playing? Yeah. And we got to figure out if we're going to lean into it and if we're not going to lean into it. And you know, for a long time, I I played I played that side character that was a dumbass in everybody's life. That was like, mm-hmm. that was like funny, you know, doing wild shit to try to get you know people's attention and right. stuff. And then I remember having a real real conversation with a with somebody that I had been friends with for years, and, and it was a life changing conversation because they stopped me and they said, like, why why are you doing that? And I was like, what? And they're like. Like, I didn't know that you you actually talk. Like, like you you have a character, but like everything that we talked about today was like it was shit that I only talked about to like my really close friends. Right. And I was just like, I was like, oh, I got that personality, you know, kind of vibes with everybody else. And like, I was like, no, like what you're telling me was like what I needed to hear, but it wasn't sugarcoating it. It was mm-hmm. like, being brutally honest with with what he needed to hear. And and so there's this character that I play when I go, um, so especially if I, I go to a high school. So I went, I was like in Petersburg and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, I was doing a public speaking thing and talking about art in this art class. And there's this character that I play that's self-deprecating and very, uh, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm a smartass, <laughs> um, and I. Uh, like I, I would play intro music when right. I walk in, <laughs> like that. and and I think it was like Justin Timberlake's "Into the Woods," <laughs> like well, it was like "Man of the Woods." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so what happens though is I would I would pit myself against the teacher, like the teacher that invited me. I would I would sit down and say, "Okay, so this is how I work." I was like, "I was all, you're gonna just play you." And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to throw you off this whole time. <laughs> and, and so they're, you know, they're, they're in class and I was like, 
I was like, okay, guys, let's uh, let's do some art based on some illegal stuff that you've done lately. Yeah. And the teacher like 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 I was like, are we not supposed to do that right now? And like and the teacher was like, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't do that. And you could see the kids like light up. Or like and I was just like I was like, man, I'm gonna get fired for this. <laughs> this is not gonna be good. But what happens though is like I build this bond with with the kids in this like very weird like moment. Mm-hmm. And like I was like. Like I, I tell the kids right, right out of the gates, I was like, I was like, you know, I, I had to deal with a lot of stuff in my life that just like, you know, I didn't feel good about myself mm-hmm. and all that, and I was like, this is my safe haven, and now I just do badass art, right? Mm-hmm. But in in reality, I cringe when I when I talk about like I'm doing good stuff, I'm doing all this because I, I was telling my buddy Ian this. I don't know if you know uh, Ian Parks. Yeah. Like so. Dripped in art. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So. When I went to his house because he was selling something on Sales Cycle, mm-hmm. and it was funny because it was it was his uh, new fiance, right? Um, right. That actually they were trying to sell these jackets, and I was like, oh, this is, this is a cool jacket, I like this. And and she starts talking about art, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, Ian draws, and he's like, yeah, I draw. And I was like, I was like, cool man, where's your artwork at? And he was like, oh, it's over in my books. I was like, go, go grab it. So he, he brings it over, and it's like, I think it was like a LeBron James, like, drawing he did, and it was just like, just beautiful. It right. Amazing. It was stuff that I wanted to learn how to do, like, mm-hmm. immediately. Where I was like, that watercolor, like, fading in. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, what are you, like, and I play this character when I yeah. need to hype somebody up. I'm like, this pisses me off. I was like, you're hiding this shit from everybody else. Right. Like, I was like. What's going to happen is somebody that actually is halfway decent, that's half your skill, that could be amazing, is going to run into you one of these days, and they're going to find out that you're this closeted artist, and they're never going to think they're going to make it. Right. They're never going to think you're going to make it because you you're, you're, you can't even you can't even come out and say, oh, this is how good it is. He was like, yeah, I mean, like it's okay. I was like, dude, get your shit together, man. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'll help you. Come over to my house. I was like, but I'm sick of you, like, trying to, like, <laughs> right. how this, and it went from this very, I get almost aggressive with it, yeah. and it's funny, because, like, and I was like, I was like, you need to be selling your shit now, like, and so, when I first, when I first started out, there was nobody to hype me. Yeah. You were so your I, had, I had to do, I had to do it myself, yeah. so that was a character I built around it, was to be able to hype myself, and, and know that, like, I, uh, I had some worth. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And so when I started, you know, helping other artists out, that's what I did was I'd grab them by the, the scruff of the neck and drag them along with me. I'm just like, okay, so this is what I do: A, B, and C. Like, if you want to make a deal with these guys, you have to be straightforward. Like, like, don't do this. And I was like, if you need me to talk in the first part of it, let me know. And so all the artists I've kind of like helped bring up all came because I was looking for that person. Yeah. I needed that person. And just like when I was in school, I needed somebody to grab me by the scruff of the neck, yeah. drag me through it, in which I, I had a few people that did that for me. But the, uh, yeah, I think that, I think one of my breakthrough moments too was like, I finally got the nerve to like, I think I met Ray maybe 20 times in my life mm-hmm. before that. And I think every time it was like, just kind of like looked at me and was like, hi, what's your name? And I'm like, but uh but after the time like I had built up such a um tolerance callous up 
meeting new people right. and people that are super successful and just like realizing that nobody's in control. All of a sudden, you, you it put me in the driver's seat. Yeah. Where I was like, Ray, I gotta ask you this question, man. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, I'm gonna start selling my stuff. Like, I was like, What do you wish you should have done? Yeah. What, what should have you done right out of the gates? And he's like, Oh, you know, one of these days I'm gonna teach a class on it. And and I was like, I was like, What's one thing I can do today that's gonna make it easier for me? And he goes. Where I would make a, a pamphlet, and I was like, "Beautiful, thank you." Uh, that was it. That's <laughs> yeah. all. That's all it took. Yeah, so I went home, spent about two days on making a pamphlet, mm-hmm. like everything, just like, and it was the nine o the nine o salmon yeah. design, yeah. and I uh, I was just like, I was nervous about it, and I made it look super professional, and and so I'm just like, here we go, and like, and the whole creative hustler thing was like, I was selling it out of the trunk of my car. Mm-hmm for a while and and that was the next step was like to get into a store I was like I, I, I want to be in a store now yeah. like and so what happened was I walk into Pacific Pride and and I was like I was like hey is the owner here and they're like, like yeah and I called Dan up and he's like he's like oh, what can I do and I was like well so this is what I got man I was like here's my pamphlet I was like I was hoping that maybe he goes. Oh, these are awesome! Yeah, I follow you on Facebook. I'll buy them all. <laughs> Is that uh, easy? And I was like, I was like, did you kind of know? Was it? No, yeah. I knew him from a little bit yeah. from uh, being around, uh, you know, the stores and stuff, and yeah. like you know, yeah. donating and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. what happened was like we we had like one conversation like years ago. Yeah. Where we were just talking about philosophy more than anything mm-hmm. else. We weren't talking about art or anything. Um, but I felt like a click. Like yeah. We we kind of had that that moment, and but soon as soon as I showed him the art and the and the shirts and everything, he bought everything right out of the gates. And I was just like, "Can you can you look at the brochure I made?" Yeah. Like, and he was like, "What?" I was like, "I worked really hard on it. <laughs> and, like, I, I worked really hard on it." And and he just bought all the my my, yeah, my like, merchandise. I thought you were gonna buy like one or two, but like he yeah. bought all like twenty twenty of the shirts. Yeah. And uh, and then I gave him my number and stuff, and then he he messaged me and says, "Hey, can you call me?" And I excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so he's like, uh, "Call me," and I was just like, "Oh, this is where he tells me, no, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where it's at." And he goes, "How much are you?" How much you like pricing these? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I, I don't know. I've never sold it into a store. So um, he goes, Well, how much are you making on these? And I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you that because <laughs> I was only making like maybe four dollars a shirt, yeah. five dollars a shirt, and then yeah. on the hoodies I was making like maybe eight or nine. Yeah. Because I wanted to make them affordable because I needed them to get out, out so first. people could see them. Yes. And so that's the hard part. Everybody wants to make a buck right now. Yeah. yeah. And it's like. <coughs> you're gonna pay. Give me sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People mean? don't realize that marketing's made in blood and sweat. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and in time, and so he was just like, uh, my wife is a stay-at-home mom right now, and she wants to, you know, do something. And I was talking to her about it, and what do you think about learning how to print? And I was like, sweet man. Like, <laughs> well, I was like, because I I went to everybody in town. I think at some point. Yeah. And was like, teach me, like teach me. I want, I want to yeah. learn. I want to know yeah. how to do this stuff. 
And I was like, or you can just be my printer, be my printer. And yeah. But like nobody wanted to take that on. Yeah. And Dan was like immediately like, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. like okay. And so for that year, I did. I wanted to have an arsenal. Mm-hmm. So I think it was. I did three drawings a day for a year. Mm-hmm. I didn't release anything for a year. Oh wow. So every day it was like one in the morning, one at night, one in the morning, one at night. Every day for the next year was being released. And it was just like, Dan was just like, dude, I can't keep up. Like, like, what is coming out? Like, I get blindsided by these orders now because people want to do this. And and that's what kind of happened was like, I had to create this game plan. And and what happened was like, I knew that I could, I could, I could deliver on that because it sounds bad, but like, I like to I handcuff myself to the idea of something, mm-hmm. and then I fight my way out of it. Yeah. Right. Like, I got to Houdini the shit out of this yeah. and make it work, and at the end, I need to be standing with my hands up like yeah. a, like it's a magic trick. Going, mm-hmm. like, see, told you. But yeah. in, in reality, I'm breathing heavy, and I'm like, I'm, I'm hurt somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, yeah, that was a close one. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a definition of a creative hustler. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're hustling behind the scenes, but you don't want anybody yeah. to know yeah. that. Yeah, and I think and I think that's a part of it too is like letting people know that like that is a huge huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I think it was my first winter arts fair. I built that year up where I was just like here goes like I'm going to do this winter arts fair and I had uh uh who was it? I had Holly Knoyer. Mm-hmm. Um she uh actually helped me out a lot. She was like, "Hey, I got I have this booth at the Blueberry Festival. If you want to like get in on it," and I was like, "I was like, okay." So I brought a, a beer pong table <laughs> that uh, I had oh, like cool. drawn on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was like, "What? What is this?" And I was like, "It's a beer pong table." And she's like, "This giant long piece of plywood." Yeah. And it was just a piece of plywood, and and I was like, at the "Yeah, because your stand is usually beautiful. I mean, it's." You know, yes, it's yes. very beautiful, yeah. elegant. It's like very uh, just. I mean, it's almost like steampunk meets, yeah. meets like the, the the Renaissance. Yeah, like, yeah. that's your style. Yeah. And I just love yeah. it. And and but mine didn't mine didn't fit at all. But she sold it like quick. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. And she was like, see, see how easy that was. Like yeah. and I was like, yeah. And then uh, I think Asha. Uh, uh, Asha Rassler at that time, she was doing like jewelry and stuff, and then she like, uh, she, I was working with her, and she was like, hey, do you want part of my booth, and you can sell some of your stuff there, and so I started selling some with her, and then that winter arts fair, people were just like, because it was in the Cape Fox, mm-hmm. right? And then it was they had that little space that was, what is it called? The little in in Cape Fox itself. Oh. The, like the, the lobby? The, not the lobby, but that, that, that little show? conference, that little conference room. Oh. And and yeah, so yeah. they had Ted Ferry, and then they had the little conference room, and and so I'm setting up, and I'm like on, on cloud nine, I'm just like I put all this work out, and I'm so excited. I spent a year getting to this point, and uh, and I started talking to people, and everybody is like angry around me, and I'm like I'm like what's going on? And they're like they're like they put us over in this shithole, and I was like. What, what's going to happen over here? And they're like, they're like nobody's going to come over here. And nobody will spend money over here. Like everybody's going to go through that other one, and they're going to be fine. And I was just like, did you like post on Facebook and Instagram and stuff and let people know where you're going to be at? And they're just like, there's like, 
you know, you're going to do what you're going to do, but, like, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do well over here. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit. So the first night, I sold out. <laughs> like, like yeah. drawn. And everybody yeah. around me was like, I had this huge line of people in front of me. And yeah. I was just like, and I, I'm i really bad at math, too. Not, I'm not good at math either. So I remember at one point, I had a lady that just, she had a, an armful of stuff. And I was like, I was trying to count it up. And and I go, that's two hundred dollars for everything. Like, <laughs> bucks. And she's like, she's like, really? And I was like, I was like, yeah. I just, I don't want to count anymore today. Yeah. Like, please just go away. <laughs> like, I was to the point. She starts laughing, and every year she has like come back, like and like she's like, I love you. I was one of the first people in. So, um, and my my sign when I first started was. Uh, art that's that's good but not great. <laughs> that was my sign, my giant, my giant sign, and I had people that would come take pictures of it and, yeah. and all that. But it was it was those little moments of people kind of like pushing me along that I needed, like yeah. like I do for other people now, where it's just like I got to be your little hype man for yeah. for a while, and it's gonna come off as aggressive, mm-hmm. like because I'm gonna post stuff just like I was like this dude is being an a hole. Uh, because he he just keeps hiding all the stuff away from mm-hmm. society, and this is some of the best art I've ever seen. And I was like, and then immediately everybody wants to go check that stuff out because they're just like, it's like, geez, got mad, all fired up about right. about this. But it's like, I truly believe that every artist that I stand behind is like somebody that that makes me better, mm-hmm. and and I think that's one of the the weird things about society now too is like you always feel like somebody's trying to take something from you. Yeah. But like, I need I need to be better, mm-hmm. and so the only way I can do that is by like giving somebody else like the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And I I talk about it when I work with kids at Community Connections too. Is like, if I can get a kid to to fix a behavior that they have, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to use this trick to get you to do this one thing I need you to do. But they don't know that that like, you know, I'm going to find a replacement behavior. And I'm going to teach you a skill that's going to get you out of trouble. And I don't let them know that until they've been doing it for a month. Once they've done it for a month, and I keep reminding them to create anchor memories where I'm just like, I was like, man, today was a really easy job. Why am I so bored today, man? And he was like, I don't know. I was like, man, I feel like I used to just like be working circles around this place. And, and I was like, well, yeah, I don't really get, I don't have to go to the office so much, so you don't have to walk so much. I was like, you're making me lazy, man. Like, <laughs> and so, but what happens yeah. is after that, that month or two yeah. is up, if I never reveal why they're doing good, yeah. like, I have to reveal the trick. Yeah. But I also have to come up with a game plan for part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because cause I'm just like, you know what? I started doing this thing with you, and I realized that it works so well, so I kind of kept doing it. But then you just took off on your own. You started doing it with everybody. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know how you feel about that, but like, I kind of feel bad. I feel like I need to tell you that. Yeah. As soon as I, I reveal the secret, like, they adapt. Yeah. They adapt. Mm-hmm. They have a name for their pain, and they've been practicing it already. So it already feels like it's 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 a habit that they want to hold on to. Yeah. So, but now the hard part is is knowing what your that skill is. Mm-hmm. Like now you know it. Now you have to either you know expand on it mm-hmm. or you need to just be like I don't want to learn anymore and I think I'm just going to live with this like mm-hmm. and you see people do that all the time where they just kind of shut down and they're like I don't want anymore so it's always like trying to adapt the next behavior to help help and that's why I think I like cults yeah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I like that. Well, we're around in an hour, 34, yeah. 35 minutes now. Yeah. Uh, we do this thing called Round the Table, just like yeah. whatever our final thoughts are. So we can start with Isaiah. You know, uh, just touching on the last the last thing that we were talking about, you know, with the kids is uh, I, I started coaching basketball when I returned from school in 2018. I was helping out the middle school and became the assistant coach. And then just kind of helping out with Coach Stockhausen up at the high school every now and then. And the big, I think the biggest thing that, you know, kind of turned me on to coaching in general was I wish I had somebody there to tell me, like, what, what I was doing wrong or what I could have done better to be a better player, to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make it further in college and, you know, do the, to, to be more successful at it. If I had somebody there to push me like, like, I, like I try to be, I think that I would have been a better off player. And I kind of, like what you said, you know, you repackage things. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I try to do with other people, like my friends in my life or, you know, even even, even yourself. You know, you gotta you got to find ways to coach yourself into how, how you're going to get through this next phase. And like you said, you know, before you know it, you're doing it. You're doing something for a month. You're do, doing something for two months. And you don't even realize, like, oh, man, you know, I'm not – I'm not overthinking every every night anymore. I'm sleeping yeah. well. Like I'm, I'm, I feel happy. I'm rejuvenated. I'm finally getting yeah. some sleep. And you know, before before you know, it, the ball gets rolling. and You got a big old snowman at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, and I, I think those are those those moments too. Is like if you have nothing to compare it against, because if you're thinking of yourself as an individual and, and you're not thinking about it as an overall, I I don't know if it's the way I was brought up, but I don't think of I I rarely say I I say we a lot mm-hmm. like. And it's funny because at my work and stuff, everybody everybody laughs. Because like I'm like, you know, we've been doing this for a while now, right? And like, and they're just like, you've been here longer than everybody else. <laughs> but like, but it's never in a sense of just like we fucked up. It's mm-hmm. always like, it's like we got something going for us. Like this yeah. feels good. Mm-hmm. And that we mentality builds people up and it builds the, the autonomy. And I think uh, if you're if you're not comparing yourself to, to anything else, that's the, the that's the hard part too. Yeah. But you have to be realistic too. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm holding myself to the standard of like the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world of being inspirational speakers or the Joe yeah. Rogans or anybody yeah. that like you look up to in those in those you know settings, that's a hard road to get to mm-hmm. because just like the artist thing that we talked about earlier, it was like, it took me 30 years to get to the point to draw that piece of art in one night, those seven right. pieces as fast as I could. So really that was, that was 30 years in one day that I needed to, to be able to pull that off. Right. But there's so many people out there that, that are judging themselves on somebody that's, that's already two, you know, two laps ahead. Yeah. And, and you, it only looks like they're in front of you. Yeah. And, and you can yeah. see them. But they're fucking two laps ahead of you, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and, it, and it's hard to like judge off of that stuff. And you know, there's there's a story like years ago about like um, there uh, there was a company that was selling. I think it was vacuum cleaners. It was the only company that came out with a vacuum cleaner, right? And so they're like, can't work. It can't work that good, right? And what happened was there was only one on the shelf, right? So they weren't selling any. And so what happened was they they took and they took the same vacuum cleaner. And then they put it in a different box with different lettering, different, different <laughs> company name, mm-hmm. and they made it for $20 more, and yeah. they sold out of those. <laughs> and, it, and what it was was they were being perceived by exactly what they saw in front of them. Yeah. It was just like, this, this is too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, I, can't, I, I can't pull the trigger on this right now. 
and then all of a sudden there's another thing in front of them that just goes, oh, I have something to judge this off of now. And but looking at it, it was like this looks like a really good product, and they paid even more for it. Mm-hmm. But same product. But it's the same product, and it's the same people that you're seeing in front of you. It's just they might be a lap ahead, it might be two laps ahead. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a really good way to look at life. Yeah. Get any final thoughts? Uh, that was it. I mean, I, I thought you started. This is like a nice therapy session. I like it. It is, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that, you know, you got to talk about your feelings. We're gonna do, we're gonna, we're gonna do the roundup here. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, what do you guys got in your pockets? What do you guys keep in your pockets, like, all the time? I just got phone. I got this little vapor lax. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's a bad habit. But that's, that's always, I keep that thing strapped. What do, you, what do you think, like, what do you think your grandpas had in their pockets? It had to be something useful, right? Yeah. My grand- I didn't smoke, so you didn't have, like, cigarettes. Oh, uh, my grandpa smokes. So. My grandpa always had a pocket knife. Yeah, we got yeah, a big old thing of keys and stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be kind of weird, but like a money clip. <laughs> this is gonna be kind of weird. Kind of weird, but like money, like paper towels. Yeah, like you know, just handkerchief, handkerchief, or you know, like oh, I washed my hands and I grabbed an extra paper towel, so I'm just you know, it's a little bit damp and just. But my grandpa did that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I always think about that too. Is like you know, what's your grandpa's pockets? It, 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 it sounds it, sound, it sounds weird, but like it was like. What what evolved from that? Like where right now, we our our pockets have one phone in it for the most part and keys, yeah. right? And then maybe some hand sanitizer, and maybe your mask now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like it's all gonna, it's, it's you know, it, it changes. It changes all the time. But you know, those old timers, man. You know, yeah. uh, I I think what what got me started on it was like I was like putting my office together and stuff. Yeah. And uh, my grandfather, when he passed away, uh, he had. He had a tangerine in his pocket. <laughs> he, had, he had a tangerine in his pocket. He had a, his pocket knife, yeah. and he had his his wallet with his wedding ring in it. Yeah. Right. And so like all those things I was, I was thinking about like he and he had his notebook. Right. Yeah. His notebook with his little like you know never uh, never smudge pen. Mm. Right. Little like grease pen. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like this is one of those things I was like I was like I've always thought about that. I was like. One day I'm gonna drop dead. What are they gonna find in my pocket? What are they gonna find in my pocket? Is it gonna be a story? <laughs> is it gonna be worth yeah. worth it, man? So I don't know. I just I just thought I would ask you guys like that, that. Yeah. and so yeah. it would be something makes you something think different. And because like you know, I never, never I would never ask, wait. What's in your pockets, man? Yeah, and it's a weird thing because you're like, wait, what do I have? Like, is there something that I have in my pockets? Like, we're about to go live. Like, I was like, there's been so much cocaine. There's so much cocaine on this table right now. No, yeah, I just want to thank you for coming on and thanks for being part of the artist series. I know I don't need to blow smoke up your ass, but you have a great line of artwork going for you. Your New York Cafe sweatshirts I saw down there. Yeah, that's talk about that really quick yeah. I'm really excited about that one just because uh, they told me like what does it mean to you like what is a New York Cafe they didn't give me a premise they didn't tell me what to do they just said we want uh, I think Robbie just kind of said like make it punk rock yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, I was like I was like awesome and so when I uh, my my family came through Ellis Island mm-hmm. right and so you had this melting pot of yeah. all these amazing 
amazing, crazy people yeah. that had a dream to yeah. come here yeah. and and fight for fight for whatever we had going yeah. for them, right? Yeah. And so, uh, in the design, it's the uh, the Statue of Liberty, yeah. and she she literally has like her head, like the, the top part kind of coming yeah. up, and then like uh, all the ingredients, yeah, all these like coming vegetables out. and fish, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like kind of coming out and stuff, and so that was kind of the uh, the whole premise of it. it was just like it's a melting pot, and, yeah. and the New York Cafe when you go down there, one yeah. of my favorite things is like you can go down there any time of the week and you're going to see something that you might not see yeah. next week. Yeah. And and so it's always, uh, it feels like we have a restaurant that's five different restaurants sometimes. Uh-huh. Like, you know, yeah. The Korean barbecue burrito. Oh, man, that is, that is the best. And it's, it's weird. I don't Lord. know. I can't hype it enough, uh, and I just want it to stick around. I want it to be on the menu all the time. <laughs> But, but then, uh, if it was uh, if it was there all the time, then you could just go down and get it whenever. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? it, man. And thank that, that man. that's it. Too much of a good thing. That's it. Man. So, thank you guys for having yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Really thanks for thanks. coming on. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk awesome. to you guys later. Yeah, we'll have you back on uh, one of one of our future episodes. Hopefully, yeah. we have two hours to <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you guys.